ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, but my two favorites are the Gibson SG and probably the Fender Telecaster. I love I love me a Telecaster. And the SG is the ACDC one, right? With a little yeah. horn? Yep. Yeah, that's but I also one. really love um, the Gibson uh, E335, which is the one that kind of looks a little bit bigger, has a hollow body. I love that guitar. Well, I mean, that is going to be super, super interesting to... 10% of our audience, right? Like, because I just think of a guitar as, and eh, never mind. Red right, ones, my favorite thing ones. is, Timmy, you're like, hey, give me an answer to this question. Wow, that was boring. Our audience <laughs> is going to hate that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so sometimes, nice work, Captain. <laughs> sometimes I ask bad questions, and sometimes you guys get bad answers. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. What is that going down this? Uh, my life? My, is my life a highway? It what must be tumbleweed. At? It is tumbleweed. tumbleweed. Thank you, Ben Barnes. Because we're in the southwest, Jeff Simons. Come on. I forgot. I forgot. Ben, you forgot where we were going. Wow, it is. But life is a highway is kind of a southwesty song because uh, of cars, isn't it? That is not going to be our arrival song. But yeah, lovely. Maybe I should have gone to the car soundtrack. For this particular tumbleweed is actually more of a Texas thing. I don't remember much of that in the Southwest. Yeah, you are our resident Southwest expert among the three of us. There, uh, that's Benjamin. right. I've actually yeah. I lived in the Southwest for two years. Yeah, uh, were you? Although yeah, I mean, Timmy was in Vegas. If you count Vegas as the Southwest, then he he obviously gets some some credit. Vegas is the Southwest, but Vegas is off limits for this particular episode. We are fifty years of music with fifty year old white guys on the Electrocast Podcast Network. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. You can connect with us through Facebook. And do us a favor and leave us a review. Uh, by the way, we're going to be reading our latest review in a little bit uh, when we head down to the torture basement. But before oh, we get there, I have a quick question for you, Jeff. A quick question for you, Ben. When was the last concert you've been to and who did you see? Uh, I think the last one I saw was uh, uh, Trey Anastasio at the Greek Theater with my buddy Adam Wiseman. Woo! What'd you think? It was fine. Oh. It was good. No, he's good. He's fine. It's great. It's just, you know, it's it's fine. It was <laughs> like a really good hour concert in two hours and 45 minutes. Okay. But I had incredible company. The guys I went with were so fun. 
And we had an amazing dinner at Berkeley beforehand. So by the time I got to the show, the night was gravy. So. All right, Ben Barton, what do you got? Um, so one, it depends how you count it. Okay. I've been to open mic night at Geezer's Bar on multiple occasions <laughs> recently to see my dad, sing along Bill, work his magic at Geezer's. Um, and then New Year's Eve, Geezer's? Oh. that's the name of the bar for sure. Okay. And he fits right in. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a typecasting right there. Uh, New Year's Eve, the girls and I in India at the uh, Fontainebleau Hotel right there in Miami Beach around the poolside. Uh-huh. We saw Khalid and DJ Marshmallow. So that okay. was right. Yeah. Was that fun? It was more fun to describe than actually sit through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I asked this question because I went to a concert last night. Uh, you oh, know, you I, was, I was coaching volleyball from 730 to 930, then jumped in the car and uh, made it over to Salvage Station here in Asheville to see friend of the podcast, G-Love, playing, nice. with, playing with Donovan Frankenreiter. Oh, in I like theater. Donovan Frankenreiter. Yeah. That guy can play guitar. Yeah. He's yeah, good. he's also got a- Really cool mustache. Um, uh, we, the Rich Price Band and Donovan Frankenreiter were playing all the same places for the summer I was in the van with Rich. Like he was like the guy right before or right after us at like seven tour stops. Oh, that's so hilarious. never wow. met him, but we were sure aware of him. Okay. Well, they, they were great together. It was a super fun concert. Uh, he played uh, My Baby's Got Sauce and I went absolutely nuts. Um, that line uh, from Wilco's heavy metal drummer always comes back to me at concerts. Uh, unlock my body. And move myself to dance. Yeah, so, yeah so that is. All of a sudden. Yeah. I love you have the, the other great line about dancing is I can't remember what comedian, but the comedian is like, it's so uncomfortable to watch the moment when white people consciously begin to dance <laughs> when they just decide to start dancing. <laughs> you know, that's that line that's is, a, is, is the poetic version that of that reality yeah you know? yeah i would not like to see video of of me at that moment like all right let's go well uh, anybody who's listening in the bay area the next concert i will attend is my own ooh. i'm playing uh the hot monk tavern in Nevada is with a full band opening for friend of the pod and dear friend of mine megan slankard so if you're in the Barry on Saturday, February 18th. Come to the Hot Monk and get there early because I'm the opening act. But wish, we'll be a good time. wow, wish we could be there. Uh, but oh, is, you are always there in spirit, my friends. My you are goal. the straw that stirs my drink. <laughs> <laughs> my goal for 2023 is uh, for us to get together at some point. And if I can't see a show, uh, I'll just have you break out your guitar uh, when we're together. Sounds good. Uh, all right. I also we want have... to say that da- daughter of the podcast, B. Simons, recorded her first demo last night. Come on. Nice. Yeah. A little, little ditty called Hey Now, which I'm Let's very. Um, hey That's Now. Right. Hey, here now. Hey Now. You got to know now. It's time for you to go. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play it. I want to play it at some point on this podcast. All right. Uh, the, the world debut. 
Well, we are arriving here in the Southwest. We'll define that geographically for you in just a second. But let's play our arrival song first. I'm going to let you guys pick the arrival song because I have two. And I just, I'm just having a hard time. Like, what is my mood when I arrive in the Southwest? Is it by the time I get to Arizona by public enemy starting at one minute and 53 seconds or Jeff Simons? Is it the Rolling Stones version of Route 66 starting at 40 seconds? And I can't believe you're not giving us Take It Easy by the Eagles. I, I had that locked in. I thought for sure. For our rival? No, absolutely not. No. I mean, Ben does make a point that if the three of us are arriving someplace, that's more likely to be the general state of mind. But yeah, man, let's do the let's do Route 66. That one's fantastic. I love it. 40 seconds? Yeah. All right. Coming up. This this pause is brought to you by an old man who can't see very good <laughs> without his glasses. Well, it What year did they record that, Ben? 63. Correct. Dang. I mean, they'd recorded that before they knew what in the hell a Gallup, New Mexico was. I like the idea of him like reading those lyrics and like, I wonder what that is. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Uh... I mean, obviously, the original uh, Chuck Berry one's unbelievable, too. Uh, I had a Chuck Berry moment last night. What was it? What you got? I was uh, trying to describe my great joy at seeing something that I loved. And I said, I'm like a one eyed cat. Keeping in a seafood store. Nice. <laughs> so great. Uh, all right. The Southwest. Um, we're talking New Mexico and Arizona for sure. But maybe we're also talking West Texas, Southern Colorado, Southern Utah, parts of Nevada, parts of California. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play a little geography game. Now I know Jeff Simons has struggled with this in the past, but we've localized it, Jeff. And uh, I am going to say the name of a city or town, and you guys are going to name the state the city or town is in. Are you ready? Great. And we're working together. I love it. I like the teamwork. No, no, no. No, this is. <laughs> you guys no, can... Ben, it's time to curb stop me in geometry again. Let's do this. <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico. New Mexico, Durango, Colorado, Lubbock, Texas, Texas. Tucson, Arizona, Arizona. I have it as three nothing right now. Amarillo, Texas, Texas, Flagstaff, Arizona. Arizona. Okay, it's five nothing. Ben's getting killed. Truth or consequences? 
There's, That's New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico. No. I'm on a lag. I'm on a lag. <laughs> exactly. It's I'm the home me. internet. I'm at work. I've got like the full five <laughs> megabyte stream. I'm going to kill him at this. <laughs> Ben's picture is all fuzzy and everything. Exactly. It's Ben's two questions behind. <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough, tough times. Tough times. Uh, I was uh, sure Bullhead City was going to be one of your choices, by the way. I'm disappointed. I always like the name of that one. Well, out of all the towns or cities I've named, uh, how many have you all been to? Like, I've been to a bunch of them. We've been to Albuquerque. Anyone yep. been to Durango? Yep. Amarillo? Yep. I've been there. Flagstaff? Yeah. I've definitely been there. Yeah. Truth or Consequences? I've been there. Yeah, I've been there too. Wow. So we've all been to these places here in the Southwest, and and two of us have been to Winslow, but not Jeff. That's a shame. I have not been to Winslow. You've been to Winslow longer than either one of us, I think. But was that uh, where you flipped your Jeep? No, I flipped my Jeep in Flagstaff. Oh, okay. That was that was rough. That was rough. But you can't make a tape for someone and interrupt the song at the end of side one and just pick it up from there at the beginning of side two. I will not stand for that. I tried to then eject the tape and get a new one. And that's when um, I lost control of the Jeep. <laughs> that's a tough story. It really is. What was really tough was being upside down on the side of the highway. My brother and I, uh, my brother's bleeding from the forehead and the gas is pouring down inside the jeep and um and, and there's will smith saying getting jiggy with it i mean it's a very <laughs> so anytime i hear that song it's like acid fills my mouth I'm like oh my gosh that's stressful oh, that really is awful like i'm going to lose consciousness in a burning vehicle to will smith's getting jiggy with it that's tough awful awful, awful times all right, well, let's get down to the uh, torture basement because I have put together a compilation that you would not believe. And this is when I will take a moment to read our latest review so that you guys can understand my state of mind when I made this particular compilation. The latest review... Uh, comes to us. Oh, there's no identity to it. Sorry. The person gave us five stars, which is super nice. The title is Great Show, but take off the gloves. Whoa. Love the show, guys. I especially love that compilation portion and really appreciate all the work Tim put into it. He's great. However, he's been way too nice as of late. Jeff and Ben have complained so that now the thing's so easy, it's like they're playing on a seven-foot rim. It's time for Tim to take off the gloves and really let them have it. No more Mr. Nice Host. Woo! All right. Okay. By the way, Jeff, you see how he communicates with us? He writes yeah. his own comments on a know. and then reads them to us. I know. I know. And There's you know, no Tim, way that... I, I wasn't sure it was you until it said Tim is great. Then I was like, well, that's, I mean. <laughs> no, I knew it was no seven-foot rim. Tim knows that that's the, at my best, that's the only one I could get. 
He's I, like a little signifying seven foot rim joke in there too. I will not even dignify the accusation. <laughs> Um, all right, our, so this is going to kill us, is what you're saying. This is going to kill you. This is uh, 16. You got to get 13 out of 16. Welcome oh to the torture basement. Hit it. All right, you ready, big man? Yep. making it so unbelievably shitty sounding that we can't <laughs> tell if it's a song or not. What that, is the matter with you? I told Did you. Did you make that, that on two boom boxes in your 1978 basement? I <laughs> opened up to you earlier about my computer trouble and the new case. Anyways, let's There's not. a song in here that sounds like this. <laughs> That's a product of the artist. That's not me. Jesus. All right. Um, oh, I, I hate to let's subject ourselves to it a second time, but let's cut the second playing for our poor audience. Like, there's what? no way anybody should have to sit through that again. All right, done and All done. Right. Can we have another? Where are we? Everyone, we're going to take another pass offline and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. 
That is uh that is a compilation. Let's go. Can you get what did I say? 13 out of 16? I don't I mean I think I've got 11. So unless Ben's got a few magic numbers, we're in big trouble. Number I don't know who that first dipshit is. I have is, a good but... guess. I don't know if it's right, but I think it's Chris Stapleton. Oh, phew. It is Sturgill Simpson. Oh, we should have gotten that actually. I, I right. do not yeah, like that song at all. Something. That's annoying. That's annoying because I don't dislike Sturgill Simpson, but I really thought that that sucked for four seconds. So. Okay. Uh, Second, so I think that's ZZ Top. Holy shit. <laughs> it is ZZ Top. Dang what it. ZZ Top record is that from? That sounds awful. Is it from like four albums after Eliminator? It is. That is uh, horrendous. It is Layla or Leela by ZZ Top. Uh, I don't know what album. I'm sorry. All wow. right, those What's poor guys. Number three, Ben. No idea. I think it's Iron and Wine. Iron and Wine is correct. Dang it! All right, then. And Eagles and Glenn Campbell are the next two. Uh, ben, you got this next one. Natalie Merchant. It is indeed. Oh, uh, way to that, go, buddy! Ten Thousand Maniacs. That first album, I think it was. The Painted Desert was the last song on that first album. Oh, uh, Lord, great pull. Ben, what's Then that? we got the Beatles. Then we got Steve Martin. Then we got Bruce Springsteen. And then I believe that's Depeche Mode doing Route 66. And I was going to re request that you give me the artist uh, and not just the song title. And you are correct. It is indeed Depeche Mode. And then we've got the thing that sounds like Satan trying to learn how to play guitar, and I have no idea what that is. <laughs> um, any guess, Ben? No idea. I mean, I couldn't hear in the lyrics. I never heard. It, it sounds like nothing. Tim. Sounds like nothing. Uh, that is your Arizona room. Uh, that was the lyric that was uh, hard to decipher. It's by Everclear. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that one. Um, and then this next one is what Billy Joel wishes he was allowed to sound like, but he won't let him sound like that. So he tries to be a rock and roll artist. But I don't know. I don't think that's Billy Joel. But in Billy Joel's little baby heart, that's what he sounds like. Okay. Yeah. I have uh, Barry Manilow. Is it Barry Manilow? It is not Barry Manilow. It's from a, so it's from a musical. Guess the musical. No. Seventeen seventy six. The musical. <laughs> is Newsies, and that is Christian Bale singing. Um, Are you serious? My little sister Teresa is going to be very upset with you guys. That's a classic. She'll just have, she'll just have to live with that disappointment. <laughs> uh, ben, I heard, uh, no, Jeff, I heard you singing along to this next song. Melissa Etheridge, right? That is correct. That's 10. We're not going to get it. I don't know who the pop song, I don't know the pop song. We've talked about this song before, I believe, on our podcast. Ben uh, was annoyed with the couple, I believe. No? That is Closer uh, by the Chainsmokers and Halsey. God, well, I should have done that. My kids love those guys, man. Um, and then Jen, we got Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms is 11. And the Partridge Family. For it's number twelve, Ooh, let's go. <laughs> you know, if the Everclear song had been discernible, Ben would have gotten it. That's actually probably true. 
Yeah. I'm gonna, I might have to I might have to hold this loss under pro. We might have need a ruling from the commissioner. Yeah. I think uh, we might have to file a protest. I will uh I will call the guys at uh corporate headquarters and see if they could send me some um more tech. Fair I mean, enough though. You know what? We missed ones we should have gotten. We should have gotten Sturgill Simpson, we should have gotten Everclear, and we should have gotten chain smokers. Uh the newsies thing, you're just a jerk. Like the newsies thing is just <laughs> stupid i mean i think that's what i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to find a musical uh each time we do this just so yeah, they i get you at least minus one before we get started i still can't believe you guys got 1776 uh all right well we are uh we're on to the favorite daughter of the southwest i went through all the acts uh over the years and i think this person uh far and away has has sold the most records not only uh, because of her solo career, but most especially because of her participation in one of the biggest bands in rock history. And we're going to go with her most popular solo song, Hit It. Had no idea if that was right or not, but that is my favorite Stevie Nicks solo song. So I was playing oh, that yeah, no matter what Spotify said. It's got like 333 million plays. I mean, it's yeah, as yeah. well it should. That song's great, man. I love, the girls that, love song. that song. Yeah, it's a Jimmy real... Iovine. What's that? Jimmy Iovine. Oh, did he? Yeah. Really? Production on that sounds so good. Yeah, so that's good. the same record that uh he stole Stop Dragging My Heart Around for, for Stevie, too. Yeah, Belladonna's a pretty good record. Yeah, so, I think it's Roy Bitten on keys there too. Yep, it is from the E Street Band. What yep. happens with her next two or three albums? Like, who the heck is producing those? Have you not Jimmy Iovine? <laughs> I mean, they are. That's dreadful. what happens. And it and it just it reminds me of all these stories you've told about the the eighties and drums and like so clearly it's like the most artificial drum sound on her next album yeah uh, stand back is the single from the next record which i kind of like too but that record's awful what the wild heart even talking yeah. about the album after that um I, okay yeah i haven't even heard that one i don't think um but it's extraordinary because some of the songs are actually really good if you just give them to a band um uh stevie nicks fans here sure 
pretty Absolutely. much. Absolutely. I like Fleetwood Mac. I, I like Stevie Nicks' voice. I like a bunch of her solo songs. I liked when they trotted her out on the Tom Petty tour in 2006 and she came out and danced on the side for two songs and then went away. Like, I'm all in for Stevie. So did like... she do Insider? She did the duet. Yeah, she did Insider. And they brought her out to sing backgrounds on um, a couple of the rockers too, like uh, Listen to Her Heart and um, a couple of others. It was fun. Yeah. And Stop Dragging My Heart Around is... It's great, great song. Um, and she like she wrote a bunch of those songs, like a bunch of those Fleetwood Mac monster hits or Stevie Nicks compositions. She's not just the witchy woman in the front with the scarves. Like she wrote a bunch of great, great songs for that band. So I'm all in for Stevie Nicks. Yeah, let's go. You know she's currently touring with Billy Joel. Is that? Yeah, I'm probably not gonna be that all in to attend that masterpiece of a concert, but I'm glad for her that she's having fun. When I said all in, what I meant was, hey, did you guys know that Phoenix has the Musical Instrument Museum? And you can go to this museum and it has musical instruments from all over the world. Uh, they, they, they have a section organized um, by, by culture. They have a section organized by time periods. And uh, it sounds like a really interesting museum. I can't wait to go there. Do and they it, have a barefoot dude, white dude, in a dashiki with a ponytail who takes you through all the percussion instruments? Because if they do, I'm in for that tour for sure. Who have several curators, uh, and I watched some of their videos online. I did not see him, but I'm sure he's outside. He's, the he's either there or he's unofficially welcoming people in yeah. the parking lot with his tablas. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> so I decided to Google top 10 most popular instruments and according to the top 10's website which has over 10,000 votes i have assembled the top 10 musical instruments and i would like you guys to work together and try to name let's say uh, let's say the top 5 so people are getting online and they're actually voting and like this is my favorite instrument this is my second favorite instrument what do you think 10,000 people, what's going to be number one? I'm going to say piano. Me too. So close. It's number two. And number one's guitar. Electric guitar is number one. Good. What's number three? I'm going to say drums. Drums is correct. And you guys are answering at the same time. All right. What is number four? I'm going to say violin. Oh, you think sax? I was going to say violin or cello. It is the bass guitar. Oh, come on. Who is this from Bass Guitar Magazine? It's First no of all, freak. Jeff voted 10,000 times. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't even vote for bass guitar in the top five. <laughs> what do, what do, you like the bass guitar. What do you mean? Not more than the, not more than either. Than I, I don't know. There's a lot of instruments that come before bass. Okay. Number five is the saxophone. Oh, where's violin? Number six is the acoustic guitar. Number seven is violin. Go ahead, round it out. What are the, the, Eight, the flute? Next, next three, flute is number nine. There you go, Jeff Sardin. Oh, good lord! I mean, right. I'm, the whole list comes under suspicion for flute in the top ten. Sure, hopefully, give me recorder for number ten. <laughs> Xylophone, uh, vibes, marimbas. You've got keyboards at number eight. 
Stupid list. And wait, wait, wait. And the trumpet, classic number 10, rounding. Oh, all right, that's a good one. Those are the most. I play keyboards. <laughs> I actually wanted them to get more specific. Like, if you guys could name for us top three most popular electric guitars or the ones you would most want to play. Oh, you like the actual guitar itself? Yeah, yeah. Do you have like a go to? This is my electric guitar. This is my brand or style. Or I think the Fender Stratocaster is probably the best-selling guitar. Wouldn't you say, Jeff? Yep. But my two favorites are the Gibson SG and probably the Fender Telecaster. I love I love me a Telecaster. And the SG is the ACDC one, right? With the little yeah. horns? Yep. Yeah, that's but I also one. really love um, the Gibson uh E335, which is the one that kind of looks a little bit bigger, has a hollow body. I love that guitar. Well, I mean, that is going to be super, super interesting to 10% of our audience, right? Like, because I just think of a guitar as, and never mind. Red my ones, my favorite thing ones. is, Timmy, you're like, hey, give me an answer to this question. Wow, that was boring. Our audience <laughs> is going to hate that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, sometimes. Nice work, Captain. Sometimes I ask bad questions, and sometimes you guys get bad answers. All right. Hey, what guitar did you end up buying for your household? What is the guitar that you tell your kid to turn down? Um, there's uh, there's an acoustic guitar upstairs, and there is an electric guitar upstairs. I'm asking about the electric. What kind of electric do you have? A kind of yellowish. That poor kid. <laughs> You went to a guitar store and brought him the yellow guitar. <laughs> I will uh, I will text him as we start our next segment and see what he says. All right, uh, let's go. Our three songs or albums or artists. What do you got for the Southwest, Jeff? I have a band I actually deeply love from uh, Tucson, Arizona. Um as uh, we've covered on this podcast before, I, I was a little angry punk rocker in high school. And the most important record label in America for angry punk rockers was called SST Records. It was out of Los Angeles. The guys from Black Flag started it. And uh, by the mid 80s, Black Flag and the Minutemen and Husker Du were all recording on the same level label and making one record after another that little angry kids like me uh, played until they were worn out. And uh, the wild card on the label was this band from uh, Tucson called the Meat Puppets. And the Meat Puppets are two brothers, Chris and Kurt, and their friend Derek on drums. They were a trio. They start as a hilariously untalented hardcore punk band. Their first record, uh, their first single is called In a Car. It sounds like it was recorded in one. The debut record is almost unlistenable, including a just tragic version of Tumble and Tumbleweeds. But by Meat Puppets 2, they started to, to figure something out. They had a, turns out, uh, a Kurt's a hell of a guitar player, and they started to slow some things down uh, and speed some things up, and they started to write some interesting stuff. They can't sing at all, so their songs are great theoretically, but the vocals are so hilariously amateur um, but the next record, ooh, 1985, they put out a record called Up on the Sun. And it is the answer to what if a psychedelic jam band 
toured with punk rock acts. It's not a punk rock record, except that it just is. It's on SST and punk kids are grooving to it. But by this point, the band has grown its hair way down its shoulders. And this music is deeply Southwestern in its spaciousness. And it's uh, it's really intricate and excellently played. They still are not what I would call singers by any stretch, but Up on the Sun and then the follow-up EP called Out My Way are two of my favorite records. Um, I, I still listen to them all the time. Um, the Meat Puppets stayed on SST um, and then switched to a major label, but the major label went out of business and then they lost control of the recordings and then the brothers fell into some pretty severe drug addiction and it was not looking good for these guys. And they have kind of wonderfully pulled themselves out of it. They are back together. They are recording again. They played the Ivy Room, where I just played myself recently a couple of months ago. Um, so they're they're back on a very modest level, but they're alive and, and happy, which is really nice to see. Um, I'm going to play the title track from Up on the Sun because it's just a kind of a perfect introduction. You're going to hear the kind of like fast noodly guitar of Jerry Garcia um, with kind of a, a an, an in no hurry backbeat, especially for a, for a punk band. But you'll hear how open and spacious these guys are. Um, I just I love them. I think they're uh, I think they're a wonderful, weird hybrid of a bunch of different cultures in the best kinds of ways that American art uh, can be sometimes. So here we go. sounded so good yeah it's good stuff they have one big hit in 94 that you might have heard tim do you remember the song backwater yes yeah that's them yeah. that was their kind of like 15 minutes and of course they they were on the nirvana unplugged concert on mtv where kurt uh cobain invited him on to play three songs for me puppets two with him and that that brought them into the zeitgeist for a good 15 minutes. Um, but they got a unique little groove that they got a unique little groove. And actually like that song is a little lopey, but like these guys can really, really play. Let me play you 10 seconds of the tr of track two. Okay. it's yeah. a very weird hybrid that song has no vocals but it has a whole whistling section which i really enjoy quite a bit so that is not the selling point but they sound great yeah why did they uh why didn't backwater get them more play 
Well, they that was the one record for a major, and they had just been on MTV Unplugged with Nirvana, and then Kurt tragically passed away. Remember that that was on a loop for right. three months on MTV, right. ten hours a day. So that the guest turn they did on that gave them some uh, brought them out of total anonymity, and then they made this one record that was a hit, and then their personal lives kind of consumed them for almost two decades. That's so cool. that's going to be the story of my artist as well. All right, Ben, what do you got? So first, a little, a, a few notes about the Southwest, the great American Southwest. Um, to start glass half full, which is ironic because it's so dry, um, <laughs> really pretty. And um, growing up in the Northeast, really, really, really unusual. Yeah. Like, it's like, you just, I've never seen any vistas like that. I've never been any place like that. Um Andy and I lived there for the two years, basically right up until the uh, my oldest daughter was born. I was teaching at Arizona State, and she was working at the state legislature. And uh, so we traveled all over the Southwest and absolutely loved it. Hiking, just so spectacular and gorgeous. Um, Phoenix, we were in Tempe. And I think I'm going to challenge y'all. I think it's the very best geographic nickname, the Valley of the Sun. Ooh, when you ooh, were there good. in the summertime, there yeah. is a single notable feature about the Valley of the Sun. And it's like the Sauron angry yellow eye just like <laughs> bearing down on you. Uh, some of the things we didn't like is everything's new, brand new. And then, of course, you realize that before air conditioning, there was under no circumstances could a person live there in the summer. Right. Like that was completely unacceptable. Um, I mean, the, the native people basically came down to the valley in the winter and then went up to flag in the summer and came back and forth. And I was like, well, that <laughs> that's a lifestyle you could get used to. But so. <laughs> being, being there in the summer is just completely and utterly unacceptable. Um, and it's a new place where everybody's moved there. Um, and there's a weird, like, libertarian unfriendliness to that. Um, oh. India Cannon is the friendliest, most neighborly person that I know. And the second year that we were there, I, I basically had a job offer there in Tennessee and a couple other places. And India locked herself out of our apartment or, like, our little rental place. Uh -huh. And she needed a phone. This is before mobile phones. And she realized that she didn't know our neighbors, that she had to go knock on the door and introduce herself and say, hi, I'm your neighbor. I need to borrow your phone. And she was like, we can never live here. This is just not an acceptable place to live. Like, oh. like a, we lived in, it was a really nice little place, but it was like you drove in your garage in the air conditioning, went in, just never saw anybody yep. again. Right. Um, the, I have a less Southwestern-y selection than Jeff, although uh, this guy is actually born in Nogales, uh, Arizona and it's my guy Charles Mingus his dad's in the army so he's born on an army base there um, and that part is super southwest I don't know if anybody else besides me has been in Nogales it's uh, there's these swaths of things and it's in New Mexico too where you're like this is clearly Mexico <laughs> there's no border here at all like Nogales <laughs> is completely indistinguishable from the little town that's a you know you throw a football and it's on the other right. side on the right. other side there for sure um he basically grew up in watts so it's a little bit of light cheating but i'm going to go ahead and call it out and also it's my understanding that the bass guitar is the fourth most favorite instrument so it's, i think it's key that we get some you know music. research bears that out apparently yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm a huge gargantuan Mingus fan. I put him in in the top five of of jazz artists for me. Like I just absolutely love him and his work. I love the vibe. He's such a weirdo <laughs> with like a little pipe and the cigar everywhere. Super, super extra good. Um, this isn't actually my favorite Mingus song, but it's a great one because it kind of features the bass at the beginning. Jeff, it's like Roman numeral two BS. You know that song? From Mingus, 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 Mingus. That's the other thing that makes me really happy. She's got an album where it's just his last name five times. <laughs> it's the leadoff track, right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Mingus, 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 Mingus. Good stuff. It's great. I love what that you, one. It's great. What are your top five? Who are your top five guys? Oh, uh, my top five jazz people? Yeah. Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go Miles Davis, number one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Thelonious Monk, number two. I'm going to go Herbie Hancock, number three. Then I'm going to go with Mingus. And then now I'm going to have to think about it. So I, you don't have Coltrane in there yet. Yeah. I would put Coltrane Oh, Coltrane. Sorry. Great. Now I don't have to think about it. Good job. And then uh, I love all five. That's, if that's not my top five, then Herbie Hancock and Keith Jarrett have to have a fist fight for the fifth spot. But uh, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. Love it. And I mean, it's I'm, we're not jazz bows, but those those artists transcend genre. They're just all those are that's for me that's the list i love it cool well, so that song just kills me like he starts out with like a weird slow <laughs> bass solo and then he's like in case you were wondering what what happens when i get down <laughs> and he just <laughs> switches over and starts laying down that groove oh so tasty and yeah. then the whole band comes in one piece after another oh i love it that horn comes in i was like hey now let's go yeah uh all right gentlemen Good, good stuff here in the Southwest. I'm going to close it out with uh, the Gin Blossoms, the band I interviewed in 1993 when I was at Northeastern University. Had a great conversation with Jesse. I think his last name is Valenzuela. I think he's the uh, guitarist. And then I moved out to Tucson um, for three weeks. And I lived with my buddy Joe at the University of Arizona. I told you about these guys, right? They put tinfoil on all their windows. 
and kept the AC at like 68 degrees and they just smoked dope all the time, just bongs everywhere. And I lived in this apartment for three weeks. After like five days, I had no idea what time of day it was or anything. Like I'd go outside. <laughs> I thought it was night. It's like 10 in the morning. It's 100 degrees out. It was it was a strange little vacation in Tucson. Um, and the gin blossoms, they're a, they're a terrible, terribly sad story. Uh, their most popular song was written by one of their guitarists who later gets um, kicked out of the band because of his drug use and self-destructive behavior, Doug Hopkins. And, um, and then he's going to kill himself after they get their success uh later that year in either 90 late 93 or 94 uh but i want you to hit us with their big big hit jeff simons hey jealousy i just want to ask you a question yeah who has more monthly listens on spotify charles mingus or the gin blossoms i would say charles mingus ben it's got to be the gin blossoms it's the gin blossoms Three times as many monthly listens than Charles Mingus. In 2020, the Gin Blossoms are averaging 1.7 monthly listens. Now, in 2023, <laughs> it's all just... hey, jealousy, right? Is there another song? What's the next? What's the second most played song? Oh, you don't remember? Found out about you. Oh, good lord. Yeah, that's second. But no, it's it's hey, jealousy, and here it is in the runaway hit. got a uh i've got an edgy side too i'll drive around um you know what i just having oh, two reactions oh, to that I'm sorry like that's time out we need to make <laughs> our choices right now I, I have two immediate reactions one is like that mid-90s guitar sound uh -huh. is just awful it's just like it makes my it makes my teeth hurt like that, that metallic scrapey I think it's like one you mentioned this, and I was like, "Oh, we got to get back to that." I don't think we ever did. So, what is the guitar? I just sound? hate that guitar sound. I mean, like, there's no. It's all. It's like metal without being without cutting through, but it's distorted without being like warm. It's just the worst. It's the worst impulses of distortion and metal screech combined into the tiniest. I just hate it. And then my second is, boy, is that a song about white privilege? <laughs> Let's drive around and let the cops chase us. Like, yeah, I remember hearing that at the time and like, yeah, you know, because it's like a cartoon. Like you pop it in and out of 7-Elevens and the cops are like, boppity, 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 boppity. You're like, oh, got to run. Like, hey. that is a really, really funny lyric. Hey, copper. Um, 
Wait, who starts that nineties? Just is it? Is I don't it know. Starting that? I don't know. I think it. I think it's when punk at goes mainstream with metal. Like metal was the metal's what everybody listened to in the eighties, unless you were a punk rocker. And then Nirvana cuts through with a more punk rock guitar. And I think those two things smash together and become quote unquote alternative rock. But alternative rock now to me just sounds like yeah. shitty guitar tone. Guys- I like that song too. I like that song. I like the melody. I was enjoying it. And but I was like that second guitar came in to kick it up a notch and I was like, ugh, terrible sound. You guys like uh, social distortion? Yeah, maybe a little bit. That's good. That's right. In our college. Do you agree, Ben? Or does it am I is that just like a particular irritation for me? So the um this is still in the transitional period where it doesn't bother me as bad. It's not like corn. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that that sound eventually gets boiled down even farther to be even more annoying. Um but I but I disagree with you also. I don't like that song. <laughs> I always <laughs> thought it was um it was like Mr. Jones's dumb cousin. It's the same song, yeah. basically. Yeah. But Mr. Jones is a version of this, just much smarter. You know what I heard um, yesterday on the radio was John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band uh, with their stupid Bruce Springsteen. Can we just have a timeout? What radio yeah. station are you listening to? I, I was, it was John Cafferty comes just comes on. Classic rock station. But I was like, this is the most insane song. Like, that's that's a Bruce Springsteen. So like it's a bad Bruce Springsteen song, and then it's the actually song, a bad John Cougar Mellencamp song. Song. It's R.O.C.K. in the USA, exactly. Well, I've already told my kids about Indiana Bruce Springsteen and Can- Canadian Bruce Springsteen. I didn't have the heart to tell them about Rhode Island Bruce Springsteen. Do you know where the concert footage in Eddie and the Cruisers was filmed by any chance? I got. Don't tell me Mill Valley. No, even better. Haverford College. That's Founders <laughs> Hall. The, the that concert true? footage of the Eddie oh. Cruiser show in that is found. It's And once you know that, you just die laughing. you got to check it out on YouTube, Ben. Oh, it's, uh, well, the really funny thing is that you and I have also played there. That's, yeah, I know. That's right? a good <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers and you guys. Hey, uh, upstairs, young Patrick playing, is playing a Synsonics Pro Series. Nice. All right. It's when yellow. the money starts to flow in from this oh. podcast, which the guys in marketing tell me is any minute, we're going to buy that boy a, uh, a fender so he can really crank it up. Okay. Let's start used um, until he like puts in serious hours. Okay. All right, gentlemen. Good times in the Southwest. Oh, wait, Jeff Simons, who's our artist in residence? Our artist in residence is my dear friend, Brad Brooks. Brad and I have known each other for uh, uh, something like 16 years now. He's a Bay Area-based singer-songwriter. He's one of the best front men ever. He actually just toured singing lead with the MC5 with Wayne Kramer, the original guitar player. Um, he is a solo artist in his own right. You should check him out on Spotify. His most recent record, God Save the City, is a powerful indictment of uh, the have and have not experience of living in the Bay Area. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to back the boy up on bass at a number of shows. He's a uh, he he's from? an old running buddy, but he is from Tucson, Let's Arizona, go. and cut Ooh. his teeth in the Tucson, Arizona punk rock scene. So he has some good stories. He has a hilarious story 
about uh, when he was a UPS guy delivering an Uzi to Lee Marvin's ranch. So okay, that's terrifying. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's great. There's actually a song in his record called Lee Marvin's Uzi, which is <laughs> it's autobiographical and really great. <laughs> All right, fellas. Good times tonight. I will see you later. Well done, y'all. Everybody, take care. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.